Hey, this is Ace Acido. And this is Scott Higgins from the Behind the Funny Podcast. You know, Ace, the other day I was thinking, you know what I've always wanted? What? A celebrity endorsement of the podcast. That would be cool. But the problem is some of my favorite celebrities and some of yours also are no longer with us. Like who? Gilbert Gottfried. Well, who says I don't enjoy the show? It's not like we don't get it down here down here? Who else is getting it down there? I mean, can you imagine if Norm MacDonald gets it? Yeah, I'll tell you, I listen to that behind the funny there uh, all the time. Uh, the only problem is I'm getting a little bit of a gay vibe from those guys. You know, they're, uh, I think they're gay. <laughs> maybe Norm isn't the right choice. Maybe we need to stick with people above ground, Ace. Yeah, maybe. Maybe somebody like Christopher Walken might be better. This is Christopher Walken. I fully endorse... Behind the funny. So good. So rich. Fantastic. I love it. Now that would be a fantastic endorsement. But you know what? As long as people are listening to Behind the Funny, that's all that really matters. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Everybody loves Behind the Funny. In fact, you could get it wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Jay. Have you heard about BustinTees.com? I mean... I set up our account, and I've bought shirts there, so yeah. Just, I'm trying to do a promo. Just just work with me here, okay? <sighs> okay. Tell me about BustedTees.com. Gladly. They sell pop culture and geek-inspired apparel, accessories, and more. And their stuff is awesome. You like Star Wars, Jay? I do. You like video games? Yeah, I do, yeah. Harry Potter? Yeah, I nice. Star Trek? Yeah. Humorous tees in general? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Some badass socks, cups, hats, uh-huh. hoodies, a bunch more, all that stuff? Why, yes, I, I, I do like those things, Matt. Well, then you know what you should do? You should head over to BustedTees.com and shop all their cool gear. And at checkout, put Jason25945 in the discount code spot. You'll get a nice chunk of change off, and it helps us out to boot. That's BustedTees.com. Discount code Jason25945. BustedTees.com. Designs that pop culture. All right, guys, we're going to make this one short, sweet, and to the point. I love your sex tape. Shut it. We want you to join us online. We love to interact on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, so we kind of need you to go to those places. Not yet, not yet. Anyway, we are Tapeworms, fans of the Mixtape Podcast on Facebook. And on Twitter, we are the underscore mix underscore tape underscore pod. The underscore mix underscore tape underscore podcast on Instagram and the mixtape, three words, on TikTok. Hold on, dude. You can email us, yourmixtapeshow at gmail.com. That's going to get you there. Or you can give us a ring on the phone and drop a voicemail. Matt? You can give us a call at 513-437-2377. Or make it easier, just remember 513-HERAD77. Easiest way is to head to www.themixtapeshow.com. That's our website. Where? Seriously? Anyway, head to the site. We have links and a bunch of other stuff available. Also, on the homepage, our link to buy me a coffee where you can easily support the show. If you have like 30 seconds, we're begging you. Please, leave us a review. It really does help a lot. Okay, now on with the show. All right, go ahead. Take it away, KC. Go, Kevin. Go, Kevin. Go, 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 Kevin.
Yeah. I guess I should have been recording that whole time, but yeah, I wasn't. So. When I said I had comedy a, gold right there. Yeah, I had a swole group. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who has a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? You do do. All right, boys and girls, we are back once again to deliver unto you some music and stuff. I'm Jason Emmett. I'm Casey Masterpiece. Uh, I'm Twisted Kid Matt. And I'm Stewie D. Yeah. And- was that little eh. extra in there we we yeah. are uh, we're gonna be giving you some alternative rock well some of us did some of us I don't know what they gave you but most of us give you I just heard alternative I just threw yeah we know you, said. <laughs> you yeah. like the alternative lifestyle. it's fine you know it was it's funny because we were putting uh these lists together and I, I don't know what you guys do if you ever talk to anybody about it or have any discussions, but I was discussing some of it with my wife, and there, there's some big arguments that that come up when it comes to alt rock, and I find that I am an alt rock snob, like big time. I'm like, that's not alternative, <laughs> and like, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff where I see the arguments to be made. Like, I will let you know right now, one that Stewie was going to put on his list, and then took off his list. I wasn't a snob about it. I said I get where that would fit. He he had punk rock girl on his list originally. Hmm. And he's like, but is that punk? Because it says it in the song. I was like, yes, but especially in the eighties, I could see where punk and alt kind of ran adjacent to one another. And there's yeah. a lot of crossover. That shifts a little in the nineties when we, we do that episode next week. The nineties are where I think alt rock kind of hit its heyday. And then when we do our 2000s after that, the week after that, man, that one was tough for me to come up with a list because nothing felt like alt-rock anymore. There's We talk sometimes yeah. on the show about gradual changes and then abrupt ones. The change from, what, 90s alt-rock to 2000s alt-rock was, like, drastically different crap. So, so what defines alternative? I mean, it's just, yeah. to me... Between, you say... Alt rock, but what's the difference between alt rock and rock and alternative? Like- I think a lot for me, uh, and we're going to hear it a lot in this week's list and next week's list, is a lot of experimentation with music where they try things or the the vocals are it's just different than anything you've ever heard. So they're like experimenting with with sounds or vocals, um, mm. trying a little bit different stuff. We see it a lot in the eighties and nineties, and that was my problem with the two thousands was. A lot of the bands sound exactly the same to me, right. or they're doing the same style. It's, but yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to the two thousands. This week we're starting with the eighties, so we can discuss that a little bit more mm-hmm. as we play because I think you'll hear it. What is funny about this week is we had something happen that we occasionally have happened in the past, but it happened a lot this week where two or three people tried to put the same song on their list, and <laughs> and. Mm. 
two or three people will put the same artists on their list, except for Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> His was just all an ass pocket full of whiskey. So every song. He knows so, what he did. So I think I know what Kevin goes through when he's making these lists. He's like, hmm, what are they going to put I on? How, what can I Jay? put on my list that's not on theirs? How can I fuck these guys up bad? Yeah. <laughs> Wait till we do the 90s list. Kevin's Kevin's is good, but there's a weird-ass song. But I know the band because of Kevin, or else I would not know who they are. But that's our 90s. You guys got to listen next week because that one's it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to start with me this week. And... Uh, a little band that I've been a huge fan of since the '80s, and then they shifted. They they came. They very similar band, a lot of the same members, but became a different band in the '90s. And I continue to be a fan. But this is my first pick right here. If you don't, is. this is the psychedelic furs. Yes, and this is the Ghost and You psychedelic furs, 1984. Now, in the 90s, they changed uh, same uh, a couple of the same members, but they did a band called Love Spit Love, which I was also a huge fan of. Um, this came from 1984 as a second single from their fourth album, Mirror Moves. Uh, this song peaked at number 59 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number 68 on the U.K. Singles Chart, number 85 in Canada. So the song was written by lead singer Richard Butler, who you just heard there, and his brother, bass player Tim Butler. And I think both of them went on to do uh, Love Spit Love later, which you've probably, you don't you might not know it, but it's there's a good chance you've heard some Love Spit Love songs, and you've probably all heard Psychedelic First. Before. Well, I guarantee you've all heard the Psychedelic First before, even if you don't know it. Because um, we played them on the show before. We have, yeah. Well, uh <laughs> Couple times. Yeah, I was trying to think. This is probably one of their most famous songs, "The Ghost in You," but they've had a couple other kind of big hits. Um, so they, when when asked about it, uh, basically this is a love song, right? The opening line refers to running a red light, and Richard Butler explained it's saying a person like me, or perhaps even me, takes chances, runs a light. It's my little metaphor for taking chances in life, and then it goes into then it goes into pretty straightforward. The papers lied tonight, but falling over you is the news of the day. So I've been a big fan of the psychedelic furs for a long time. And there's something about his voice. It's that kind of gravelly. I, he's very unique. Uh, Richard Butler's voice that, that you know, love. I can't do it. Sounds like Marge shot, little too many cigarettes kind of, <laughs> but I really love it. Uh, that's why I added this one on as my first. So I think Stu, you asked what the, like what makes alt rock, but your list when we get to yours is really, I mean, I think you understand it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I mean, like, no, I just, I just, I knew what it was. It's just, I, he, was, he was asking for the listeners. You know? yeah. 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 Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't know. <laughs> we, we have to educate That's them. That's why we're um, here to tell them. As we're going to prove with our 90s, I didn't put the call out for the 80s. I just didn't have time, but put the call out for the 90s. The listeners, uh, they get the assignment big time. We had a lot of feedback on what they would add to lists. So, but I'm saying, Stu, the reason I know you kind of understand is because while this next song is my pick, we had a crossover with this band. So Uh-oh. here is, oddly enough, we both picked the band, but we did go with different songs right off the bat. Uh-huh. So that's cool. But this is my next pick. Why can't I get just one screw? Why can't I get just one screw? Believe me, I know what to do. But 
something won't let me make love to you. So I think the violent films, which is who this is, added up by the violent films, is a really good way to explain alt rock. <laughs> like really, yeah. Yeah. they're very weird, and they they try like really obscure stuff. I went with added up. I almost went with Gone uh, Daddy Gone. It was kind of a toss up between the two for me. This is uh, 1983, their self-titled album. So band member uh, Gordon Gano commented on the song. He said, uh, I was in my bedroom, that's where I wrote it, feeling frustrated. I had nowhere to go and nothing to do. It just happened to feel good lyrically, and it still does. So, of, of course, radio stations edited the line where he says, why can't I get one more screw? And, of course, why can't I get one more fuck? Um, but the song is just all about frustration. The song reminds me a lot of um, uh, Green Day's Longview because they're just they have kind of similar <laughs> yeah, thematically. <laughs> thematically, they're yeah. about very similar things, and they just kind of I don't know. And so I think I would bet money that if you went to Billy Joe and and, and said like. Is it Billy Joe? Yeah, Billy Joe. I always want to say Billy Joel. Billy Joe and ask him. Billy Joel Armstrong. Billy Joel Armstrong. (laughs) I think think that's why you thought it was wrong uh, wrong because you just did Billy Billy Joe. Billy Joel Armstrong would be great. (laughs) Yeah. Billy Joe Joe doing Green Day songs. It would be so good. That would actually be really cool. I want to hear it. (laughs) Yeah. I bet and Green Day doing Billy Joel songs. I bet Billy Joe would tell you happen. that he was a huge fan of the violent films. Like I, I I'm sure that I was part of his inspiration. He had to be right. So for me, uh, the violent films were just a really weird and fun band, and we all know them, and we'll discuss that in a few minutes. But that's why I added this one. Uh, that leads me to my third, and I would say most unusual on the list. But I bet everybody here knows them. Uh, but we're going to find out. And I'm going to tell you guys something real quick before I even play this band. I don't know why, because <laughs> I know the name of the band. But And I know that I, I say it wrong every damn time, but I always say the name of the band wrong, even though I know I'm about to do it. So, But here's the band. Let's just play this. <laughs> I see uh, Stu shaking his head. No, no. I, I, I Anyone? I I know the song. I just can't think of who it is. It's and it sounds like it's being Susie and the Banshees. But I always want to say sushi and the Banshees. Sushi and the look. In my defense, that's the Japanese cover band. And in my defense, they. And we're going to end it there before one of us says who does something inappropriate, like I almost did. Um, but she spells it with an X. Su- Susie and I always want to say sushi, and I know it's wrong, but this Su- is Suxi. Yeah, but it's it's oh, Susie, okay. Susie and the Banshees. This is uh, like nice. Sue, as in like the Native American tribe. Yeah, with, with it, but it's S I E at the end. Yes. Yeah. Um. This is from 1988. This is uh Peekaboo from 1988 from the band's ninth studio album, Peep Show. 
so Melody Maker actually describes the song as a brightly unexpected mixture of black steel and pop disturbance. I don't even know what black steel is, but now I want to. <laughs> like, I, I don't. I've never heard it's, of. It's kind of like blue steel, but just not a modeling pose. <laughs> it's not a modeling pose. Um, they qualified its genre as '30s hip hop, which I thought was really <laughs> cool. '30s hip hop. Yeah, isn't okay. that kind of a cool way to kind of. Yeah. Describe this sound. Doing the Charleston while crip walking. So yeah. online magazine Pop Matters placed it on the uh, number 18 on their list of the 100 greatest alternative singles of the 80s. Um, the sound itself, what you heard, obviously, if you couldn't tell, there was some reverse stuff going on there. Mm. So the sound is due to this experimental recording, um, which was based all around a sample they did. The song was built on a loop in reverse of a brass part with drums so they they had this loop this demo thing of this brass with drums and then they reversed it and started playing with it they selected different parts of that tape that particular tape uh, that they played backwards and then they did the edit and re-recorded it on top of the reversed part and added a little bit different melody and some accordion because you got to add accordion <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we've learned that from Weird Al. Yeah, right. Another thing they did when they were doing the lyrics, they they used multiple different styles of microphones on her vocals and mixed those so they got different sounds even on her vocals, which is really weird, too. Uh, It was also their first chart in the U.S. on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, reaching number 53. It was 29 in Canada, 16 in the U.K., uh, and I think number one on the U.S. alternative chart. So Susie Sue explained this on MTV in an interview uh, what the song is about. And she said it's really the way that women are portrayed in our fascist media. It's the 80s, guys. It's just the way they talk. Uh, she stated that Peekaboo is a reaction against the conformist images that the media puts on women and equates it to the Stepford Wives film. And uh, here I just okay. thought it was about sneaking up on somebody and going, peek a <laughs> No, no. Jeepers Creepers. If you've ever seen Jeepers Creepers, this song has a small, uh, like they play a, a piece of the song in Jeepers Creepers. So, oh. yeah, the original. Oh, my God, dude. I tried to watch Jeepers Creepers Reborn the other day. Made yeah. it about eh, 10 minutes in. I was like, this is garbage. Really mm. bad. But but they were going to a convention called Horror Hound. Let's just sue. Yeah, it's spelled two words, Horror Hound, but yeah. Let's just sue. I don't know that they can. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Like, so wow, you put our, our convention name in a well, garbage it, movie. It's not, though. They Horror Hound, the one we go to, is one word. This one was yeah. Horror Hound. Isn't it considered Horror Hound Weekend? Uh, or is that just... Well, the magazine is Horror Hound Magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, dude, I'm talking have, – have, Matt, have you tried to watch – I know the other two of you have not watched Jeepers Creepers. I have not. I have a, a pretty strong aversion to anything I Jeepers Creepers dare related. you to try to watch it. Well, I'll try. You won't. You will turn it off. It's bad. Bad. Does Victor Salva have anything to do with it? I don't even know who that is, but probably not. The director of the first two. Don't think so. Let me rephrase that. Uh, convicted child molester Victor. I, I don't think. I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. But it's bad. Like it's beyond bad stew. Sorry. Stop playing with stuff. He's playing with my uh, Jurassic Park bar- Barbasol can, <laughs> which 
not many people can say that they have one of those, but I do. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go into KC's list. Everybody, hold on. Ooh, uh, <laughs> it's not. I'm just. I'm just kidding. Two of his songs. Look at the rating. Of Jeepers Creepers. He's just gonna rip the bandaid right off. Two stars. Yeah, and that's that's somebody's being nice. So yeah. no, I'm I'm actually teasing. Two of Kevin's songs. There's no question about. I totally get where he went. One of them. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, huh? But we're gonna start with one of the ones we all get. Look, it's a little on the nose, but it's okay. Um, I don't. I don't know if I would classify this. This is where I say I can be an alt snob. I don't know if I'd classify this alt rock, but I definitely got yelled at for saying that. So here you go. You're both fired. I, I can explain why. That's okay. That's fair. All right, so I would consider this more pop. I, I 100%, and we'll get there because it's it talks a well. You'll you'll see. So this is "Come On Eileen" by Dexy's Midnight Runners, and I I do understand where, and I'll let you two kind of talk out because I heard Matt say he'll defend why he thinks it, and that's that's cool. Uh, 1982 off the album "To Rye Eye." Uh, they had another number one hit in the UK in 1980 called Gino. So this was their follow-up to that, and it was uh, a smashing success, as we all know. Number two in Canada, number one in Australia, um, number one in the UK, uh, number one in the US. The song was written by Dexy's frontman Kevin Rowland, along with band members Big Jim Peterson and Billy Adams. <clears throat> so Rowland said of the song, I was hankering after pop success at that point. Hmm. <laughs> also, he said hankering, which I love. I'm not saying we wrote it with that in mind. Oh, that I would be that clever. But we did write it, like everything we did, the best we possibly could. We worked our arses off. Every detail counted. Um, at the time, Electronica was in, but they decided... Uh, they wanted to do a more back porch instrumental style, so they went with that. Um, yes, the song is about yearning to get laid, but it's also about the youthful urge uh, for separation from an older generation hoping to indoctrinate these youngsters into their tired society. So I kind of looked this up because I was curious. Uh, the Johnny Ray reference in the beginning of the song is in reference to a, a 50, 1950s crooner named Johnny Ray. And he's telling Eileen that the two of them are too clever to fall into the sad trappings of adulthood. That is what this song is about. Kevin, you put it on your mix and mm. for alt. <laughs> so I'm going to let you talk about it. And then I want to hear what Matt has to say because he says he has a reason why he agrees with you. Uh, well, for me, I just thought, you know, with the weird, like, I don't, I guess as he described it, backyard sound sure. that he was trying to go for it's you know definitely you know haven't been something that i heard in any rock album before so figure you know i would consider that as alternative i mean look there's a banjo we all know it that's weird there's a banjo <laughs> i mean that is fucking weird and no. you know me I'm, I'm a weird guy so matt you said you had a uh, some argument as to why you believe it is alternative I am 100% going to just echo what Kevin just said. That's fair. The, the the instrumentation of it is not something that was found in traditional pop music. So it would be an alternative to 
what is normally in pop music. Which I get where so, you guys are going with that. Now, and I mean, now they've got accordions, banjos, mm-hmm. like violins, everything, and that is not something you typically hear on the radio. I guess my my if, if you're unless you're listening to like a country station. My problem with it is is you know Kevin Rowland, not Kevin. <laughs> Coleman, um, he even he says that they were they were trying for a or Campbell a pop hit like that's what they wanted. So I've always felt like it was more pop rock. But yeah. there are those who would argue with me that what is alternative, you know, does it cross genres? Yeah. I think it crosses some genres. Yeah, no. I also, mm-hmm. don't feel like a lot of bands really get to choose to be an alternative band. They just kind of so become an alternative we're, band. We're going to run into mm. that, Matt, a lot with the '90s list yep. because what happened is you get a lot of bands in the '90s mm. that, in true. my humble opinion, are not alt rock, but they had a song that landed on mm. the charts. So Stu and I had this discussion yesterday because mm-hmm. I said, I guess the assignment has always been, what would you put on an alt playlist? Not what band, but what song. Yeah. So if a song crosses over, it crosses over. But when we get in the '90s, there was a lot, and I mean a fucking like. I'm sorry, I do not consider the Chili Peppers alternative rock, but then occasionally, I guess I do. Like, I mean, occasionally mm-hmm. they have a song. I think they started out as that, and right? Became what they are now. So, and that happens a lot in the '90s. So, what you just said is going to hit a lot harder in the '90s, where it's like. They don't have a say in where they cross over. Sometimes some yeah. do. Some clearly right. are going for a certain sound, and some it just some, happens. Some end up like starting off like I, I don't know if he's on anybody's list, but like in my opinion, as far as '90s, Beck was probably one of the most alternative mm-hmm. artists you could yeah. start off as. I think I, I kind of equate him as he's, like he's a, like more like a punk Bob Dylan. And then he's become what he is now. He's on he's on nobody's ninety, but he made my my two thousand. That's well, a little that's a little uh, yeah. it's a little foreshadow teaser there. A foreshadow. I'm a angry about myself because I should have put him in my nineties. Nah, list. you're. I like your nineties list actually. Well, yeah, I like your. I like everybody's list for for the nineties. Um, that's cool, Matt. I I'd like you to hear. I'd like to hear you try to defend Kevin's next song. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> okay, Here I'll you. accept it, and I'll I'll see what I can do. Here you go. Go ahead, Kevin. What the fuck? So, no, I have no idea. What hold on, hell you're, no! You're going to get your no moment way. in in court. <laughs> no, no, no. So this is rumors Play like yourself. Club Nouveau, which already I'm like Club Nouveau, really, man. Gossip uh, off the album Gossip. Yep. I'm sorry, the song is about gossip, deceit, and the damage rumors take on individuals and relationships. Uh, that's what this track is actually all about. It was released in 1986, written by Jay King, lead vocalist and founder of Club Nouveau, and attributed to a personal experience he had. Is it alternative? Uh, maybe, but it did win a Grammy for Best R&B Song in 1987, ah. so... Uh, <laughs> hear me out. I, okay, no. Know, I just heard alternative. I want to hear you. I mean, alternative uh. rock. Is it sort of like alternative R&B? Okay, okay. So like sure, throw sure. this into the mix. Okay, you know? uh, I, that's uh, I got you. Uh, I, it sounds a lot like um, 
like a Bobby Brown song to me. Like yeah. I could hear Bobby Brown I doing could, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, could that. I mean, it'd be a little, probably a little faster pace, but it definitely has that uh, that sequence drum thing going in it. <laughs> hang, hang on one second. Is this the same Club Nouveau? From, yes. Like Lean on Me. Yes. Yeah. I've never made. No, that it's a different before. Club Nouveau. Yes. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Seeing how I'm pretty sure Nouveau means new. No, they just switched up every couple of years. It was Club New, and then now we're the new Club New. That would be good, yeah. though. Nouveau. That would Nouveau Club Nouveau. So like yeah. Menudo? <laughs> yes, it's like Menudo. They just they fucking kill members when they hit 13. That's what Menudo did, right? <laughs> Wait, are you saying that Menudo is basically a, Children of the Corn? Yes. Or a Logan's Run situation? Logan's Run. Which is what they should have changed Menudo's name to. <laughs> American They're just sacrificed themselves to a certain point. You got this one guy, like this one kid in a room, like in front of a mirror going, <clears throat> no, no. <clears throat> No, damn it! I gotta, I gotta, I gotta drop this bass, or else they're gonna kill me. <laughs> kill them! Yeah, they're on stage live performing. One kid's up there, like, quick, punch me in the nuts. You yeah. know I'm gonna. And they just fucking shoot him <laughs> off stage. <laughs> Bullet just flies in as soon as his voice yeah, cracks. Yes, a Brady Bunch reference here. Uh, as soon as his voice cracks for the first time, he's done. <laughs> oh, Matt, can you defend that that choice? Nope. I don't know. I don't know what you were thinking, dude. Oh. I want you to do it because I have no clue what you're doing here. Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I just heard like alternative and I just focus. Why not alternative r It's just funny because we create playlists and somebody's going to be listening mm-hmm. and be like, this is good alter. What the fuck? Yeah. For the record, I've already started the list. We can always um, count on It's confusing already. Oh, God. I love it. We can always count on Kevin to screw something. Yeah. Well, Kevin, if he doesn't, he'll throw something at me. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, man. You know, uh, (laughs) funny that you mentioned that because I remember like putting on, like creating like a mix for my nephew, Aaron. And like I threw a bunch of hip hop on there, but just to fuck them completely up because that's the kind of nice uncle I am. I put on like Sugar Shack at the end. It was like a 1950 song, and it's, I know the song it, Sugar it, Shack. Yeah, Wait, do, I mean do, I had like that song Wu-Tang on there. Yeah, Sugar Shack. Brilliant. The movie's featured in Congo, by the way. Of course, I know that. That's so good, man. (laughs) Start doing that to people all the time. Sweet purpose. There's some comedian that talks about going into a bar and putting in like $30 worth of quarters to play What's New Pussycat on a loop. So, what we've learned here is (laughs) that that Kevin's not actually, you know, just out of randomness he's purposely doing this shit now. he just puts a yoko ono song in the middle of every playlist he gives somebody. yeah i'm gonna fuck just jay up completely yeah. <laughs> all right but he brings it back around with his third choice so let's so let's go ahead and play his third choice which this is a pretty standard i i if i've learned anything about my friend kevin over the years it's that he loves this fucking song because he brings it up a lot and that's okay <laughs> I also I love this fucking song. Putting this on the list, but uh, going so I'm glad you did, and uh, it's mm-hmm. a great song. And I also love this song, but you you've talked about this a lot, which I think it says a lot I about your character. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, you know, brought me into manhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. All right, brought All right. me to manhood. <laughs> Specifically, the line: "What you gonna do when you get out of jail?" 
home and have some fun. Fun. What do you consider fun? Fun. Natural fun. So this is Genius of Love by the Tom Tom Club, 1981. This is a great song. Uh, obviously, I'm a little biased because we all know this I'm a is major Talking of, Heads fan. Officially, the most mentioned song on this show. It might be in some way. It gets it, brought up on the show I, a lot. Yeah, that's. Yeah, we were actually at a record store yesterday, and he came across the Tom Tom Club vinyl. Yeah, um, yeah. he did. Almost bought it, but it was in kind of rough shape for what they were asking for. Mm. It. Uh, this is off the album Tom Tom Club. So there you go. This was a solo project for Tina Weymouth and bandmate slash husband Chris Franz, who many know from the Talking Heads. Uh, so the song actually, to a lot of people, the song may seem weird and you don't really know what they're talking about, But which is odd because when you play the chorus, what you well, – sort of chorus? It's not really a chorus, but anyway, what you just heard. <laughs> but this song is actually a tribute to uh, multiple notable black musicians – Including yeah. George Clinton, Bootsy Collins, Smokey Robinson, Bob Marley, Sly and Sly and Robbie, Curt- Curtis Blow, Hamilton, what's his name? Hamilton Bohanan, Bohannon? I don't know. James yeah. Brown, yeah. And these were all artists that that Chris Franz and Tina Weymouth said had influenced them in their their musical stylings and their love for music over the years. So that's why they actually wrote this song. They were trying to pay tribute to all these great soul artists that they appreciated. Uh, number 65 in the UK, 31 on the Billboard Hot 100, and number one on the Billboard Hit Dance Chart. Um, another little something about this song you may or may not know, because a lot of people believe this is what they did after Talking Heads sort of parted ways, but that's not true at all. They were still with Talking Heads. If you, if you watch Stop Making Sense, there's a part in Stop Making Sense where uh, David Byrne leaves the stage. He's going to put on his giant suit. And they play this song live. So this is in Stop Making Sense, which is great. Huh. Uh, and a lot of people don't know, but Tina Weymouth was one of my early crushes, rightly so. So and apparently one of Kevin's, too. <laughs> yeah, well, rightly yeah. so. Um, so they actually... Joe she was black. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I used to think Joe Cocker was black when I was a kid. Yeah. He's not? No. Holy shit. <laughs> what? Hang on. I'm just kidding. Hang on. He said he's we kidding. We did do I'm an kidding, episode dude. on like, uh, singers we thought were black or <laughs> singers that we thought were white. I mean, I think it's a great <laughs> idea, but I feel like we'd be, <laughs> we'd be walking the line. We'd have Don't to. get me wrong. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those shows that might never make it to air. God, but come yeah. on, man. Joe Cocker, all the soul in his voice and the oh, gravel no, gravitas real. is like, oh, what right. would you do? I'm like, that guy can't be white, right? Right, 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 exactly. And you're like, that guy Holy has too much soul. He does. He seasons it, his food. It, it's kind of like uh, ZZ Top. <laughs> if they weren't like, you know, you, you knew who they were, and you could hear that in their voice. No, I never thought ZZ no, Top. No, you was, don't think so? No. <laughs> Not once. seemed pretty white to me, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's telling that you thought Tina, Tina Way. That's really interesting to me uh, but oh yeah i mean every time you heard this song it was on like uh, black radio well if it like makes you feel any yeah. better like all the backup singers are i think african-american yeah, so mm-hmm. um so they actually recorded this song so or i'm sorry this album so they weren't planning on it right away i guess they thought they were waiting to do the next talking heads album but david byrne decided to go off and do a project with brian eno which he, they worked with Brian Eno a lot. 
So they were like, well, we've got like a year before we're going to actually get in and do like another talking head. So let's go ahead and do this project we've been talking about, which is, you know, Tom Tom Club. So they recorded their album. And um, not that I think he cared because this is not really David Byrne's thing, but they, he released his album. They released their album and Tom Tom, the genius of love, this this album like <laughs> like did way better. But I think his was more experimental stuff. I don't really know. The thing about David Byrne is I think he, he there's a lot of stuff out there because he just experiments. Mm-hmm. And I thought about putting Talking Heads on my list. I know they were thrown around by a couple of different people. And so I was kind of happy that you at least added Tom Tom Club because kind of brought that. I'm not going to lie, man. We're about to go into Matt's list. And in the, even on Matt's list, like, there's a couple of bands. Like, the first band on your on your list, even yep. then, I kind of I kind of considered not this song, but, like, they were definitely one of the bands that crossed my head. When you're thinking, like, 80s alternative, certain people come up, this was one of them. So here's Matt's first choice. I worry too much. You make yourself sad. You can't change fate. But don't feel so bad. All I hear is Jack Skellington. That's like it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like it's Oingo Boingo. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's why it sounds like Oingo Boingo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kevin's like, that, that sounds a lot sense. like Oingo Boingo. Uh, that's because it is. <laughs> because it is. Like, man, that sounds a lot like Danny Elfman. Hopefully it sounds yeah. exactly like him. Yep. Uh, so yeah, this is Oingo Boingo. No one lives forever. Not the Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo. Just Oingo yeah. Boingo at this point. Uh, this one comes from Dead Man's Party, 1985. He likes to sing about parties. Yeah. <laughs> this one's also about yeah. a party. Um, hey guys, we're all going to die. So why don't we just enjoy life while it's here? That's yeah. primarily what the song is about. That's entirely what the song is about. It's about we're all going to die, so let's just have fun, right? Uh, they wanted to create a song that would make people reflect upon their lives and, and the transient nature of existence. This is not per me. No One Lives Forever was an attempt to explore the universal experience of mortality through a captivating blend of lyrics and music. Uh, this song didn't chart. Actually, only two of their songs ever charted. <laughs> Who charted? Well, not them. Do you guys want to guess what two songs... I will, I will tell you this. Both of them came off of this album as well. What two Oingo Boingo songs ever hit the charts? The old Dead Man's Party. No. No? Mm-hmm. I would say Weird Science would yes. be one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Highest Sorry, at number 45. And I don't know why I can't think of the other. Uh, the other is Just Another Day, which landed at 85. Really? Mm-hmm. Those are the only two Oingo Boingo songs that ever hit the charts. Not surprising That is to me. not one I would expect, honestly. Weird, right? Yeah. I wouldn't have yeah. either. I would have thought Dead Man's Party, but no, yeah. Just Another Day. That doesn't really surprise me uh, very much. I don't think they were that type of band. I don't think they were ever supposed to be that type of band. Weird Science yeah. was kind of a one-off, really, if you think about it. Right. So, I don't know. Uh, but this song is considered a fan favorite. It's like fans absolutely love this song. But, Matt, why don't you yeah. talk about it a little bit? Why did you put this on your list? Well, uh, to further defend Kevin movie. and his selection of Dexie's Midnight Runner. Wait a minute. Um, uh, wait a minute. I actually don't think this song is in a movie. <laughs> the like, band was in a is movie. Is this song in a movie, Matt? 
Do you know? Not that I'm aware okay. of. No. Okay. The band was in it. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people sync it up with uh, the Corpse Bride, and it is 100% that w- that not would make, the Corpse Bride. That would make sense. Mm. But anyway, yeah. you said to defend <clears throat> Kevin a little bit. Yeah. Um, the the in, I, I look a lot towards the instrumentation of, of songs and bands that are being played at the time and what kind of ends up hitting the radio uh, along the side of that. So when you got like, I think there was like nine members in Oingo Boingo, it was basically like eighties ska slipknot. Yeah. Um, mm. 80s you, ska. You I want to hear that by the way. Oh, uh, <laughs> I sounds got amazing. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's like weird, like psychosocial with horns. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they were just, you want to talk about a band that does experimentation, like from one song to the oh, next. Oh God. Yeah. You know it's Oingo Boingo, but you don't. It's not the same style of song. They yes. literally, yeah. On on a on a song that we will definitely be bringing up when we talk about uh, Forbidden Zone on an upcoming episode of Twisted Kid at some point. Mm-hmm. They cover many of the Moocher. Yes, they do, and mm-hmm. and it is really fun. Uh, but it it doesn't sound even like No One Lives Forever, and it definitely doesn't sound like Weird Science. It is their own thing, and. I just think that Oingo Boingo was one of the most innovative bands of the eighties and don't get enough credit for it and ended up <clears throat> kickstarting a like huge decades long career for Danny Elfman. Yeah. Um, you're, yeah, I, I mean, I could talk about Oingo Boingo. You're not wrong. I mean, he, he experiments a lot and that's, I, that's why I said, if you're going to talk eighties alternative rock, yeah. I mean, they make a lot of sense to bring up. Yeah. You're right. There's a lot of ska and some, some punk and some rockabilly all kind of mixed in there, mm-hmm. but that's kind of why they're alternative, right? It's like he blends yeah. whatever. He's like one of those guys. I think he's like, I wonder what that would sound like. Let's put that in the song and find out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? he, I think him and David Byrne sitting down to have a discussion oh, would be oh, man. fascinating. That would be amazing, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? Whatever they come up with. Yeah. Except I think they're polar opposite in their personalities. Danny yeah. Elfman seems well, really hyper. And David he actually, actually in interviews, he seems very like calm and, you know, really, not, he not seems, necessarily very manic. He seems hyper. I to think me. it's more of a stage persona, but, but in a fun way. <laughs> yeah, let's ask Neely. You guys uh, talking about? Oh uh, yeah, we should ask Neely. Neely yeah. Broche. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, she knows him. She's hot. Cut yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that out. Nope. <laughs> Staying no, in. Stay Actually, on. we're going to clip it and send it directly to her. <laughs> you yeah. should. Yep. Uh, you were talking about the uh, Scott version of Slipknot, whatever. There's mm-hmm. a, I was actually on YouTube the, last night. And there's this guy that uh, takes questions from people and says, what would Slipknot sound I think in I know the, who the you're form of about, NWA? Yeah. I'm like, and it was great. And then he d- performs it. Yeah, I know the guy. Great. I know the guy you're talking about. He's done some <gasps> I'm gonna really I'm going to need you to send me that link. He's later. done some really cool. And there's been a couple re- of times yeah. where people are like, dude, would you please make this whole song? Like, please oh, yeah. record this whole yeah, song. He, is it 10-second uh, songs? No. No, it, uh, he not. did the whole okay. the song Spit. In uh, the version of an NWA style, that's he does, and he usually nails it, man. Oh I've, no, it's perfect. I know exactly. I'm like, the I would guy love to have about. that on a fucking a freaking CD. Yeah, the guy's great. Well, uh, Stu, you'll have to pull that. Try to find him. And uh, yeah, I'll Matt, try Matt would really like him. He's pretty cool. All right, so uh, we're gonna go into Matt's. Matt has two more, and uh, this is another band that I sure. I mean, absolutely. I totally get why it's on a list, and like, it, this band makes a couple of people's lists, and totally. I mean, there's 
we'll let you talk about why, but I mean, okay. duh. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> duh. And a great song. There's the instrumentation again. Yeah. <laughs> Children's that, toys. Yeah, is that a little xylophone there? There's yep. xylophone. There's that little like weird piano thing that doesn't make yeah. it into this clip, but that Matt was saying is like a kid's piano. The first thing I wanted, this is the cure. This is close to me. Um, every time I hear this, first, I, I, things are about to get weird, guys, and not because of me, because of Robert Smith. And yeah. <laughs> trust me, because I'm going to talk <laughs> about this song, and you'll see. Robert Smith is one of those, I love him so much and like he seems like a cool dude but fucking endlessly weird and yeah, his, the, the voice does not seem like it should be coming out of that man yeah. <laughs> like he's got the <laughs> and still today he's got the craziest hair you've ever seen he's yeah. just but he seems cool uh so this Tim is Burton's older brother the head on the door 1985 oh, yeah. um Number seven in Australia, 24 in the UK, and on the US uh, Billboard Dance Chart, it was number 32. Interesting fact about this song, Robert Smith said the song was inspired by chicken pox he had when he was a kid. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's some quotes. The words were actually about this sense of impending doom that I used to get. I had chicken pox when I was really young, and it started there. I used to get these horrible nightmarish visions of this head that used to hover in a chink of light that used to come when the bedroom lights were turned off and the door was just ajar. The shaft of light that came from the hallway used to illuminate this patch of wallpaper and it would come to life and prophesize doom to me through the night whenever I put my eyes in that general direction. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, what kind of fucking chicken pox did he have? Yeah, there you go. Chicken pox and acid at the same time. Apparently, it's Robert Smith, man. I read that quote to my wife, and she's like, "God, he's fucking." Weird. And she loves the Cure. We should be very clear. But she's like, "He's yeah. so fucking weird." I'm like, "But it's, yeah, but it's Robert Smith." <laughs> apparently, yeah. a beam of light. It's wallpaper. It prophesizes to him about impending. Doom. Wait, is that? Did I just completely like miss the fact that that's probably where the title of the album came from? The head on the door. I, you know, I didn't think about it either. It's very possible. Hey, Matt, that was a 10 second songs thing. That, that Okay. So, oh, yeah. Sent I, I sent the link. I love so, stuff, Matt, man. I mean, it's yeah. The Cure. I get it. Yeah. The Cure is going to pop yeah. up here again on Stewie's list. But Yay. why did you pick it? And and this song, maybe in particular, although it's fucking great. Again, like, and it was not intentional with the weird instrumentation of, of things, but like, Hearing a song that they basically like, it's like, you know, it's the cure, but it doesn't, it's not the real like moody guitars and everything. It's probably one of their happier songs in my opinion. Um, and they literally, I don't think there's any guitar in it at all. It's all so. claps and xylophones and kids pianos yeah. and, and all that. And it's just, just a happy song. Just fun. But it's not. Like it, <laughs> it's very, it's very, it's very, hey, yeah, outcast. We've talked about this before where mm. the lyrics def- like go against the feel of the song. Done in Bob Ross style. I mean, literally, it's like, you know, 
I waited hours for this. I've made myself so sick. I should have stayed asleep today. Like he's like, I don't. But you're right. But the it's so happy feeling. You're like, yay! What the fuck did he just say? Yeah. There's a band called the Get Up Kids that did a cover of this song back in the early 2000s. Did they get down? Really good. Yeah, they're actually from Eudora, Kansas. They're you know essentially a local band to my area but they are a nationally known band they're actually like huge on like warp tour and things like that get up, get um, up, yeah they did a, a really good cover of this as well so i like that you said that it was totally not intentional so i mean yeah. to me there's a lot of subconscious going on here when we're talking alternative rock like you don't we're picking bands that did weird sounding you know yeah. or experimented or whatever without even mm-hmm. really thinking about it um, this last song, if I would have thought about it ahead of time, I would have reached out just to get, uh, Dennis Dyken's opinion, <laughs> but that's a little, that's a little, that's a little foreshadowing on Matt's last pick because this is Matt's final pick. I'll say A girl like Stu. This is the Smithereens. This is a girl like you, and I love this song. Um, we the reason I said Dennis Dyke and we had him on the show, but he was just really cool. One of those really cool t- people to talk, kind of like Rez. Where I have a feeling like if I'd reach out and ask him some stuff, he would probably have answered. But I didn't think about it in time. Yeah. So, uh, so this is a girl like you from 1989 off the album Eleven. Uh, great choice. Here's a cool little tidbit about this song that you probably did not know. This song was supposed to be in the movie Say Anything, but the producers believed the song revealed a little too much about the story. So it was actually, they wrote the song from little bits of dialogue from the actual script. And once they turned the song in, I guess the producers said it's it's telling too much of the story. Uh, can you guys change the lyrics? And they talked about it, and they're like, no. <laughs> So we'd rather okay, we'd rather keep it and put it on our next album. So that's what they did. Uh, another little interesting tidbit: Madonna was originally supposed to sing the backup harmony vocals for the song. Oh, uh, she just didn't bother cool. to show up for the recording session. That sounds typical, yeah. though. Yeah. So they got Maria Vidal. Uh, she of the hit song uh, "Body Rock," which it was a hit. It was like a number one hit, but I don't know when, it. When was this recorded? Nineteen eighty nine. This song. Oh, so she thought she was bigger than... Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was at the height of her power. But how do you just not show up? Like, that's just, come on, She was probably striking a Meanwhile, somewhere. very recently, the Smithereens and Bruce Springsteen were on stage together at the, um, what is it, New Jersey Hall of Fame induction ceremony. The the Smithereens... I think think they're in pretty good company. Yeah, they're they're great. And they're one of those bands where I've always been a fan, probably because... They were introduced to me by somebody I knew, and so I. Who were we? Was I watching somebody? I was watching a video or something the the other day. This guy was talking about. I think I'm trying to remember where I heard this, but the guy was talking about a band that he just always thought was a big band because he didn't because oh yeah his dad introduced about the guy that yeah his his dad took him to a bar to see this band play and like there was the cassette tapes in his car. 
I might have sent you. Was that, that Stephen Rosen? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was just wanted to make sure because my brain, my wires get a little. No, warm. it wasn't. It was a, it was a TikTok. I think I. Sent yeah. It to so you. this basically, this guy's talking about like he grew up with all these really huge bands, and and it was his band his dad introduced him to, like because he found that yeah in the car. Yeah, he found the cassette in the car. And he was always rocking out to it. And, like, they came into concert. And he like, we have to go. We have to go. And he didn't realize, because to him, he'd heard them his whole life, and he thought they were fantastic, that they just weren't that big. Yeah. But to him, they always were. I'm not saying the Smithereens weren't quite a bit bigger than that. They were. Yeah. But I think a lot of times we get introduced to music, and then when we find out, like, what, you don't know who this is? Like, we get shocked yeah. by it because we feel like everybody should know. The Smithereens are fantastic, and I, I, they have a few hit songs that I think everybody knows. But to me, they always deserved way more attention. They yeah. should, but maybe they didn't. I don't. Maybe people were happy with what they do. Like maybe this is your niche, and you're like, no, no, I don't want. I I have really good success and I have a really good life. I have popularity when I want it. <laughs> so maybe it's something yeah. like that. I think that happens a lot. So I don't know. Um, but aside from that, man, <clears throat> Smithereens, you, you picked it. Yeah. Um, so I'll go right on and admit, um, I wasn't very familiar with the Smithereens until we had them on the show. That's fair. And once we, you know, we're starting the process of, you know, preparing to actually interview them, uh, Dennis specifically. I started doing a deep dive and, and listening to their music and I became a fan oh, at that yeah. point. I yeah. was just like, holy crap, this is great. You can see a lot of the early influences of a lot of the bands that went on to cite them as an influence, obviously. Um, Nirvana specifically, yeah. you can hear a lot of that. Um, but yeah, it's just, to me, when when you think of alternative as far as like, in the early days of alternative music, they are like, in my opinion, like they seem kind of Mount Rushmore level, but don't get that credit. <laughs> right. That's what I was saying. You know, like literally what we're saying earlier. And I so. think some of it just happened about like when they came about. Like, oops, sorry. If they would have <laughs> just dropped something plastic. Sorry about that. Nice. If they would have come, <laughs> like they were right at this like late 80s, mid late 80s. Like they were almost ahead of their time a little bit. Like, like they weren't quite. People were listening to like new wave stuff, going, "Who's this?" You know, yeah, like that's a, little, a really good point, actually. So I think they might have just been a little ahead of the curve, but they're still around, man. They're still they still tour, they still do stuff, and, still putting stuff out, and yeah. and I follow them on Spotify, and you get notified whenever they put out a new. Uh, new single, and oh. we we can't speak for everybody in the band because we don't, we didn't speak to them all, but Dennis was. Fucking awesome! So yes, he, <laughs> he was. was great. So yeah, go yeah. back and listen to that episode if you haven't. Uh, it was a really good interview. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, yeah. A lot Made of a lifelong fan of mine that day. So. That's cool. I'm glad to hear that, man. Nice. I've, like I said, I was introduced to him younger by my stepfather, and so I just sort of always listened to him. So I'm glad to hear that. Um, right. Stu's list. I mean, do we really need any of this? It's kind of garbage. No, no. actually, it's really good. And what what <laughs> just happened? Delete it. Stu's Aww. Stu's list. I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, Stu's list could have been Matt's <laughs> list, uh, but Matt was just too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, a little late. Because two of the songs on here, I believe Matt tried to put on his, uh, but I was like, nope, can't do it. Yeah. And uh, and Stu started with a Cure song. So I mean, here you go. Yeah. It's 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 Matt 2.0. Fortunately, I. I oh, sorry, I, man. I, 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 <laughs> I hit the button. Sorry. <laughs> Hold that thought. I was like, you want to go back and do it again? Nah, it's okay. 
just like Kevin. <laughs> no, man. So, like, you, I didn't know you were getting ready to make a thought, and I hit the button, and there's a second delay before it plays the song, and you start talking. I'm like, oh, shit, I already hit it. So what were you saying before I hit the button? Well, after I hit the button. <laughs> Matt? Oh, I, I was saying a uh, good thing I had I had my safety songs on there that I was able to swap out a couple oh, of them. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you like, Once I started coming up with songs to put on there i was like ah oh, damn i want all these on there I'll, I'll make one to safety just in case yeah i'm not gonna lie man the 90s yeah. was rough for me not because i had a hard time is because i was yeah. like too i wanted to everything too yeah. much to pick yeah. from i i'm pretty happy with my 90s list overall <clears throat> but i had to shuffle that third song a few times <laughs> like no mm-hmm. this 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 so Stu, this is uh the cure just like having 1987 written by robert smith and released third single from their album kith me kith me kith me uh, this was their first U.S. hit, reaching number forty on the Billboard charts. Can't look at that album the same ever again. Thank you. <laughs> Kiss me. Kiss me. Kiss me. Kiss me. Yeah, really demanding Robert. Their first. This was their first uh, U.S. hit. So number forty on the U.S. Billboard chart, twenty nine in the U.K. So according to Robert Smith, the song is about hyperventilating, kissing, and fainting to the floor. Listen. Wow. Oh, is it about kissing? Wow. Is it about kissing? Okay. I never would have guessed. Um, inspired by a trip his wife uh, he took with his wife Mary Poole to the beach, uh, he says in the opening line, "Show me, show me, show me how." You I just got a visual it. of Robert Smith at the beach wearing one of those old timey <laughs> things. Yeah, he's got like a parasol, and he's just like, "It's too bright out." <laughs> but he had to be wearing, yeah, because he's pretty. He's pretty pale. He had to be wearing one of those like smeared. Is he actually pretty pale, or is he makeup? Uh, he's pretty bit. pale. I think too. it's a little of both. A little both. A little a, a little b. He's, okay. he's British. They don't get a lot of sun. He's brilliant oh, too, God, though. No. I tell you what, man. Um, but he has to be wearing one of those old timey dude like yeah. swimsuits. It's like a wrestling him, singlet. Why do Listen I picture him and uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands <laughs> hanging out? Because he, he looks like Edward Scissorhands. I wonder where they got the design. Absolutely right. Hundred percent. He had to have. Well, a little well, bit Well, Tim Burton's gone on record to say that The Cure was one of his major inspirations. Well, I mean, I think Tim Burton goes out of his way to look a little like Robert Smith, personally. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so the opening line, show me, show me, show me how you do that trick, was because he had a childhood love of magic tricks. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's also, right. he said later in life that that line became about adult seduction. Mm-hmm. Show me, show me, show me how you do that trick, the one that makes me scream, she said. Oh. Uh, hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But then it makes her laugh, so that's not nearly as cool. <laughs> the one that no. makes me laugh, she said, and threw her arms around my neck. Come on, children. Show me Show how you do it. You. And, and I promise you, I promise you, I'll run away with you. I'll run away God, it's such a fucking good song, it Stu. Is thank so you. so good, Stu. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. But Stu, is this one that was on my list that got bumped? No. I think no, it was. no. No, no, you should have been. You had the cure, but it was, you know. Yeah, and dude, I I could have honestly put all. Oh, hey, hey, everybody could have, one hundred percent. Yeah, cure Stu. Yes. yes. Why? It's a good song. <laughs> <laughs> Does it have a good beat that you can dance to? I caught him way yeah. off track. He was yeah. like, "Huh?" <laughs> well, I mean, actually, I when I was first doing the the list, I automatically thought of Friday and I'm in love. Mm-hmm. And I was mm. like, I don't think it reaches that uh, time frame. It's also 90. Yeah, right. That's why I was yeah. like, all right, well. And then I listened back to the other ones, and I'm like, oh, crap. I rem- I like this song a lot. And yeah. I figured, it's in the 80s, so shit. put it on there. I think 
the cure because people look at Robert Smith and they hear the name and they automatically think goth emo, and right. they're they yeah. aren't. I mean, they can be at times. Definitely inspired it. Look, they're not yeah. Morrissey. Okay, <laughs> now, the song the, the song is great, but I thought about Friday. I'm in I'm in love first before I heard. Remember, Are you trying this one? to start a war. <laughs> I love just like heaven. I I I bounce around a lot, but this might be my favorite Cure song. It's yeah. really rough for me to to make that distinction, but it's I think pretty darn good. Yeah, Stu's next song Matt did try to to put on his <laughs> list, <laughs> and rightly so. Um, I, I I'll tell you what I told Stu yesterday that I was surprised didn't happen, but I'll I'll play the song first. I also want to bring up that uh, between this week's and, and next week, we're going to hear the name Perry Farrell a few times. Um, Good. Matt did try to put Jane Says on his list. This is Jane's Addiction. Jane Says 1987. I'm shocked nobody tried to put Got Caught, caught stealing. stealing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I thought nobody brought first. it up, and I wow. was kind of shocked by that. I thought of this one first. Yeah. Uh, this is from yeah. their self-titled album and re-recorded for their follow-up album, Nothing Shocking. Um, that's the that's the one most people actually know is that version is from the second they, so they released it twice and people oh. mostly know the re-recorded version uh, it was their first chart entry on the alternative chart it hit number six uh, the song is pseudo it's sort of about singer Perry Farrell's ex-housemate Jane Bainter um, who she did confirm a few things she was, was in fact dating an abusive man uh, and she did wear wigs <laughs> but she did clear up a few other things. Uh, she never sold her body for sex, for example. <laughs> but uh, Boehner also said she had been clean for many years, um, but she did go to Spain. So <laughs> if you want to know... When, when what, she got her money saved? Yeah, what you, if you yeah. want to know, the song is sort of about her and then sort of... I mean, he made some stuff up, but that's that's what this song is about. He's just telling the story of his ex-roommate. That's kind of what the song's about. It's... Huh. I, I, there's something about, first of all... Something about Jane's addiction and that voice. Like, did he also name the band after her addiction? Probably, I would imagine. Right? It's kind of a weird thing to do. Yeah. Like, Kyle's roommate. Not, she's really hooked on stuff and yeah, in an abusive relationship. Shitty. I want to make my name band after no, it's and a song I mean, after her. I'm sure he let her hear it. Like, she probably yeah. said, "Yeah, cool." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Give me some money for it. Good. I I really the thing about Jane's addiction that I really like and uh, about this song in particular is that they kind of tell us they always tell a story mm-hmm. and yeah. it's interesting mm-hmm. to listen to. But I didn't pick yep. it. Stewie, you picked it, uh, and Matt picked it too. But Stewie picked it. Uh, why? Well, I know for uh, just put it put it out there. Jane's addiction is the epitome of alternative. I agree. Rock. I mean, yeah. like Perry Farrell is the <laughs> epitome. Of right. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. <laughs> so. I've always thought throughout the years, I know this is kind of going off track of that song, but Jane's Addictions themselves, it's like you really can't put them in a certain category. They feel like they're part of like I, every category. I, I can see where yeah. you're going with there. But more it alternative. Because, alternative. Yeah, and it's just more alternative, alternative than rock or rap or, you know. Yeah. 
they definitely have that rock feel, but not quite there. Right. It's, it's kind of the acoustics on a lot of their stuff is like uh, throws that off. Here's what, another thing I will say. If you would have asked me what year this, I would have never put this song in the 80s. I, I, I actually thought it was 90s. And yeah. now, like, I did I too. I looked it up and I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Perry Farrell started like going like he did a, so much stuff that mm-hmm. not Jane's Addiction like throughout the nineties. Yeah, 90s. yeah when he did Porno for Pyros and all that, it's just uh he did pretty good on that. Foreshadowing. As well. <laughs> yeah. It's like where does he come up with his names? It's crazy. Who knows? <laughs> Heroin. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. I mean, you're probably not wrong. You're not probably not wrong. I got a. James I got says a pretty good song. Yeah. Um, it's a great have song. any of you guys seen any of Perry Farrell's projects? Live? No. I think you and no, I have talked about have this not. before though. Yeah. I think yeah, I think we have. Because we they put on an amazing show. And yeah. they go through every era of Perry Farrell's That's career. That's cool. So That's is, really cool. Is Dave Navarro yeah. with Perry in both bands or all of his uh, I I know he was in Jane's Addiction. I think he was in Porno for Pyros. But um, more recently, whenever I saw whenever whenever I saw him a few years back, uh, he was not with the band. But mm. it was too big. It was one of those concerts. Now. I think I will probably never forget. And I went into it not being that big of a, a Jane's Addiction fan at the time, and I left going, "Oh my god, I know this song. Oh my god, I know this song too." Yeah, I didn't man. realize they were all the same guy. God, I'd love to have a conversation with Perry Farrell. Oh, that'd be fascinating. Yeah. So. Perry, get a hold of us. Friend of the show. Yeah. Friend of the show, Perry Farrell. <laughs> yep. All right, so we got Stu's last one. Um, got that vision board happening. And uh, this makes sense, too. And it's another crossover band. It's not, not too shocking, but, uh, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> you'll, you'll... Nothing shocking. Let me go I mean, like I right? But I'm about to educate you guys a little bit. Body and beats, I stay in my sheets, I don't even know why. My girlfriend's bring that shit, yeah, she is starting to cry. Let me go Violent Films shows up again this uh, this episode. Blister in the Sun, 1983, same album as previously mentioned. What's this song about, guys? Uh, Getting sunburned. Um, whack it. It's whacking it. Incorrect. Yeah. Most think it's uh, oh, about really? masturbation, but frontman Gordon Gano said that never actually crossed their mind when they were writing it. Mm. He said in an interview, I don't think there's a whole lot to understand with the lyrics. In fact, <laughs> sure. it was maybe yeah. 10 or 15 years <laughs> later when somebody was asking me about the song and said something like, well, you know, you, you know what the song's about. And I'm like, no. And they were like, what and he was like, "What are you talking about?" And they were like, "Well, everybody knows you wrote it." And he said, "I'm like, what?" And they said, "They told me the song was about masturbation, and I had actually never thought of that. But I can see where people could get that idea. I don't think anybody likes that song because they think the lyrics are deep." <laughs> he said, "The basis for the song is drug use, and it was also a girl who oh. wouldn't date him once because his hands were too small." What? So That's, so it's not about whacking it, it's about smacking it. No, yeah, and some of the lyrics, once you start hearing that, you're like, oh, hold on, it gets a little more, like, he literally says that when I'm I'm high as a kite, I just might, like, he's, he's telling you directly, 
everybody just assumed the big hand thing was about masturbation, but he's like, nah, it was a girl I tried to date once and she told me she wouldn't date me because my hands were too small. So the big hands is the one she wanted. And um, <laughs> I think a lot of the reference to like, I stained my sheets might be in reference to night sweats. And his girlfriend is at the end is because she's tired of his bullshit and all the drug use. That is what this song is about. And when you hear it, you're like, Ew. I just love that he was like, yeah, it does kind of make sense at that point. Yeah, I love that he was like, oh. and somebody's interviewing me, and they're like, well, you know what the song's about? And he's like, no. And they're like, come on, you wrote it. He's like, no, what's it about? And they're like, masturbation. He goes, yeah, I never thought of that. But now that you say it, oh. I hear it. Yeah, like, in I, that case, I respectfully <laughs> remove my answer. Oh, whack it. I, feel I just love that he says, I don't think there's a whole lot to understand with the lyrics. <laughs> like, it's just, but, it's just a, yeah. Fucked up song. We don't know what we're writing yeah. about. Stewie, why'd you pick uh, Blister in the Sun? Because it wasn't about masturbation. <laughs> but if it had you. been, it you wouldn't know. have made that list. Uh, actually, right. uh, being the, the clubs in the like yep. 90s, 2000, uh, it, this was everywhere, and it just had a good Still beat. Still is. Yeah. Still it was, is. It was a really good beat to dance to. It's, so. it's one of those things when you go to clubs that they always play the same like four or five songs, and Almost some of them get time. worn out. Yep. But some mm-hmm. don't. This one doesn't get worn out to me. I don't. It's like you look forward to this song coming on. Yeah. All right. Sweet Caroline, on the other hand. I'm, <laughs> but that's an Ohio bump, thing. Bump, I think. Yeah. Bump. That's probably way more obnoxious in Ohio than it is anywhere else. But uh, yeah, I don't even know how. Probably. Sweet Caroline. Bump, bump, bump. <laughs> good times never felt so let's everybody do our impressions so good so good, so good. <laughs> that was awesome guys it was like perfectly timed <laughs> hands touching hands I don't even know what the fuck you that know, means and, and this is just Cincinnati and talking I mean if we were in Columbus that would be a different story oh god it's way worse there. I'm, I imagine yeah, you just want to kill yourself hear that song like so Matt do you know why we're saying this Probably a sports thing. It's it Ohio is. State. Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why no, that sorry, became the like Ohio State. the <laughs> Ohio State. Is there another Ohio State now? We're the only one. Yep. <laughs> sorry, that's a whole, the, there's a whole. There's a whole There's a whole video where the guy's making fun oh, of that. Yeah. He's like, so what do we call ourselves? The Ohio State. Why? Is there another Ohio State? No, just us. <laughs> it's like, so what do we make like our mascot? An acorn. <laughs> it's like an acorn. Yeah. Why an acorn? I don't know. You can eat them. You can't eat them. They'll kill you. Oh, even better. Oh, <laughs> Are they called Buckeyes? Buckeye. I said acorn. They should be yeah. the acorns. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to get hunted down. <laughs> Matt, we don't know why. You're going to get a lot of hate mail. I guarantee there is a reason why the Ohio State, like, they play Sweet Caroline at every game and lose their minds, but I don't know what it is. So there's a thing out there. And there's also Hang On Sloopy. Sloopy's, like, a huge one, too, for them, right? Yeah. And I don't Mm -hmm. know why. Apparently there's a thing if you, like, yell out OH in the middle of a group, everyone will say, I-O. I-O, yeah, that's real common. But Hang On Sloopy's even bigger than Sweet Caroline. And I don't know why. They will play Hang On Sloopy at every... And they will go, Hang On Sloopy, Sloopy, Hang On. And what do they yell in the middle of it? It's something. I I don't fucking know. It's craziness. This is like some super hardcore sports lore. I was going to say, Ohio's a little on the weird side, apparently. Are we, though? I was just about to ask you, because you know Welcome to the Jungle. As you were saying that, I was like, wait a minute. We had an M-I-Z-Z-O-U chant at my grandma's funeral. I was going to ask what song becomes obnoxious for you guys. 
like because oh, of God. sports. Like what? Like for here, welcome to the jungle because you're in the, you're in the jungle, baby. Why they, they think do that? The I don't know. Na 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 or something like that. Yeah, like, but I mean, I mean specific to like welcome to the jungle oh, is yeah. a oh that's some mm-hmm. rock and roll part two. Really, that's that's one of your. Well, I'll just due to the Gary Glitter situation. I but, really yeah. thought that during um during the uh the playoffs a couple years back that Royals by. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought that song you would you would call me one day telling me you were going to lose your fucking mind because they wouldn't stop playing Royals. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, maybe I, I hadn't thought about it, but no. Um, going back to our, uh, I believe it was '90s hip hop. Yeah, with uh, Tech Nine, we just get new songs every every time any of our sports teams get into the playoffs. Tech Nine writes a new song. That's not even a joke either. Like. He's done I mean, a song about the Chiefs, uh, uh, two songs about the Chiefs actually, and one song about the Royals. He's coming to town. Was it? Was yeah. it? Go see him. Fantastic show. We will never be royal. Royal. Hip hop version of Royals called Red Kingdom. Uh, that one's about the Chiefs. Um, God, I'm blanking on the titles of the songs, but yeah, they're pretty great. That's not the one we heard like all the conservatives play during everything, was it? Red mm. Kingdom. Yes, they were doing that. Oh God, yeah, they were playing oh, God, over like every that. video. Oh yeah, it was obnoxious. Ugh, no, that's about the Kansas City Chiefs. I, um, I knew it wasn't yeah. about what they were trying to sing it about, but um, yeah. So anyway, that's our '80s alternative list from everybody. What did everybody think overall? Let's let's get some thoughts and opinions. It's good, good beats. Something yeah. you can dance to. That we could dance to. Mm. Yeah. Maybe maybe flop around a little, but uh, yeah, I mean. Maybe maybe act like maybe act like Matt's Jack Skellington statue. You know, bend to the side like your back is broken. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's an obscure reference for the folks at home. Yeah. Matt built R.I.P. to an undead uh, creature. Those speaking of Danny Elfman, Matt built a giant Jack Skellington for Halloween, and it was like in his yard. You'll have to trust me on that. And the wind, <laughs> what was it like nine foot tall or some junk? It was about eight, like seven to eight foot tall, and yeah. Wind came and but the wind came and snapped him in half, and so we were we were telling him he could write his own Humpty Dance song to it, to the way he described it. <laughs> so, so you, are you going to attempt next year? Uh, we've we've got we've got ideas. Zero but, looked uh, cool, man. I've already yeah, zero looked turned out great. Yeah, um, yeah that that was a, a a sore subject for a couple of days, and I think what we're going to end up doing is uh, just kind of taking it all to a trunk or treat situation and go where the trick or treaters are. Um, not super happy about it, but it is what it is. If we want to participate, that's what we got to do at this point. Cause Listen, yeah, apparently man. our neighborhood is not We're, cut out. For hey, we are not in Missouri, so I don't know what it was like there, but it was freaking cold here and there weren't yeah. as many trick or treaters out because cold. of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think crap. that played a big part into why, yeah. but hopefully everybody was like listening 20 degrees. to our two Halloween playlists that are oh, yeah. available. Hey, a lot of those playlists are, in fact, up on the website. You can go over there and click on that and go directly to them because Matt puts together playlists for every episode where we talk about music like this, uh, and they're all Spotify. And I put direct links on the website. Uh, there's been some updates to the website, so a lot of the ones that weren't up there are we, currently We have a website? Up there. We do. I it knew is, it was coming. Uh, the Mixtape Show, or, yeah, themixtapeshow.com. You can go right there and... Hmm. 
check out uh, the playlist, take you to the playlist. It will take you to, you can click directly on interviews. And we just did an interview with DC Glenn from uh, Tag Team. And it was really got a lot of uh, positive feedback on that one. It was really cool. And I also want to go ahead and pimp uh, the next interview that's coming up here probably this week, like later this week. uh, Assuming I can, starting some new stuff this week, guys. So maybe a little behind. But uh, we talked to Steven Rosen. Who uh, you're, you're, you probably don't know him by name alone, but he is a music journalist, and he's been doing uh, writing for things like Guitar Player Magazine and stuff for like what do you say, like forty some years, fifty years, yeah, going on fifty years, and he has talked to and met everyone, and like I know sometimes in some we'll, cases lived with, yeah. Some of- and I know like sometimes huge, huge musicians. We'll do an interview, and people may be like, "Well, I don't know who that is." But trust me, if we're doing an interview with them, it's because they're somebody cool. Yeah. Dude, this dude was way cool. He yeah. we had so much fun chatting with him. And he's like and he gets on and he's like, everything was like, Hey, what's up, man? What's going on, man? And we did video with him and like he comes on and we're like, humble brag there, buddy. Like all the pictures on the wall, his whole yeah. house is covered with photos of all these famous people he's met. And he actually just wrote a book. It's called Tone Chaser, and it is all about his relationship with Eddie Van Halen because they actually became close over the years. And he started writing it before Eddie passed away, um, and he was writing it when Ed- Eddie passed away. So he changed uh, like the direction a little. But it's not. This is a more more of a personal look at Eddie. This isn't like. No. It's more of his personality. And, and and the things he did. And we talked to him a little bit about Eddie and what Eddie was like. And uh, he calls him Edward, which was just, kind of just yeah. throws me off. He's like, well, Edward was kind of like, you know, and it's it's just really interesting. Um, so I highly recommend listening to it. Uh, we really enjoyed talking to him. Um, I kind of ch- was chatting back and forth with him online, but just not, not about being on the show, just about kind of befriended him online. And then he mentioned his book, and he was like, you know, would – would you be interested in like having a discussion? And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And I'm so glad we did. So please yeah. check that interview out when it comes available. Please check out all the playlists, again, available uh, through Spotify. And there are links. You can go over to the website, click, and it'll, it'll open that playlist directly for you. So if you're having trouble finding it, that's the way to go. I don't know, Matt. Is there some way they can just search you or it on Spotify that makes it easier for them? I mean... I, don't know I would that. like there to be. I I <laughs> I, I use way, Spotify, but I really don't. Yeah. Not very. Uh, like I don't know yeah. the way it works as far as playlists. I can share them with people, and that's about as much as I know. So that's pretty much what what it is. It's like, cool. I, we've got the links on the site. Yeah, you can go um, over and click those, and I bet you can then yeah. find Matt through that and find the. Other yeah, we've got playlists. the the link tree up on the site. We'll take you right to all of them. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, they're on there. Also, want to say coming we'll up easy to find. in March is going to be the next Horror Hound weekend. Um, we're hoping to have Aaron on again to do um, yeah. another uh, Twisted Kid with him. And there's been some discussion about what episode that'll actually be done video when we do it, and that'll go up on YouTube. But uh, one of really they're already getting some really cool guests. If you guys want to go check out HorrorHoundWeekend.com, but the reason I'm kind of bringing it up is because you guys should start planning now because it's in March, and yep. we're going to be out there. But there's a good chance that friend of the show, who's also been on the show, Lucker, uh, Patrick Walsh, Lucker. Patrick Walsh of Scream Queens, the podcast with a Z, 
will uh, be coming for that as well. So yeah. it's there's going to be the, – the guys from Night Living Podcast will be out there. They're always out there. Um, we'll be out there. Patrick will be out there. We're hoping to get a few other people. So if you can make it, start planning now and come to Horror Hound in March, and you'll get to meet a lot of us. So And like I said, yeah. they're getting some really good guests put together. So highly recommend it. Uh, next week is our nineties alternative rock episode. And if you like this one, uh, that, that one's going to be even better. Like I fucking love next week's. So we encourage everyone to please stick around. That's all I got. Anybody else got anything you want to say before we close this one out? But you chacos, but you chacos. <laughs> Amen. Forever. <laughs> Disintegration is the greatest album of all time. So. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's a great album. That was weird. It's a South Park uh, reference. I just where, oh, okay. Uh, I was like, that just came yeah. Out of Robert Smith way. came and destroyed uh, Mecha Streisand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. That's an oh, old yeah. South Park reference. There. That's it. Till next we speak. Always stay, stay awesome. There are times that you feel like your head is a big old bucket filled with fuzzy dreams because you wish you were a muppet. But you can't play the music And you can't light the lights And it's all you can do Just to make it through Any more of these lonely nights So you grab your bit of mixture And you pop it in the slot And you scream two words along with all the nerves Cause right now it's all you've got